0: So this is a really important tip, I guess, for parents that know two brains are alike, because we often talk to others, not just our children, but to other people, thinking they've had the same experiences as us. Now, we know logically that they haven't had the same experiences as us. However, we talk as if those experiences that wide their brain has them understand and have the same perspective as, as our own. So it's really important to, as in any communication with anybody, is to be curious about what's happening in the other person's brain. Their silence doesn't mean that they're thinking exactly the same as us. Their silence could be being very respectful of us and what we have to say, however it's missing the point because we're not tuning in and checking out what's happening in the other person's brain. What neuroscience has discovered is the brain continually develops over our lifetime. That um, previously we thought all the connections were made by the time we were seven years of age. Well, my mum was 96 when she left this earth and she was still making connections based on her experiences in her later life. So all our experiences get added to our brain to help um, it form and be um, and wired. And this isn't just about knowledge and information that we take on. Of course, our brain is taking on information and knowledge and joining it to prior knowledge and information. This is about our experiences that we have and the experiences support our beliefs uh, about the world. And we often talk from our experiences and our beliefs. So therefore, as parents, we need to be mindful of We're talking from our experiences and our beliefs. You probably remember when you were young and your mother or father gave you advice, you would go, they're just not in touch. That's just so old hat now. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we connect it to the neuroscience, it's not just that they're out of touch and it's old hat. It's just that the child has had different experiences to the parent we need to be mindful too that our children can have different experiences to us and have more and varied in certain uh, situations than we have so they could have more knowledge and more experience in their hobbies or their schooling in lots of situations than we have and yet we speak as the adult as if we've had all the experiences and we know at all although I'm sure you're listening all parents are listening and go no I know I don't know at all (laughs) Um, so uh, and to be mindful of being curious so if we're looking at this no two brains are alike we need to think about us giving advice to a brain that's wired differently to ours we think because they're our child they're going to be wired fairly similar to us now I want you to get really curious and really surprised about the wiring of your child's brain because of their experiences. Remember, they've had different, they've got different friends to you and to each other as siblings. Different friends, different teachers, different hobbies, different sports. They're so and and they've got a different personality when they came into the world. They came in a different uh position in the family, eldest, middle, youngest. I'm not going into the generalisations that are made about that. I just want you to be aware that as the eldest, they've got a different experience uh, being on their own for some time to the youngest who comes in with siblings already there. My children, my six children think completely differently based on their wiring and their experiences. So when we were talking about a topic, it was interesting to see six different perspectives I guess eight by the time we added mine and my husband's experience to talking about the situation and therefore we need to be curious about people's perception now as parents we think it's our role to give advice now there will be advice and I'd suggest um, I'd rather use suggestions rather than advice advice feels like you have to give it and they have to take it which does which feels like a monologue so if we look at you have so hard <laughs> yes
1: I think so I that, know the right way <laughs> yes,
0: yes and so did your mum when she gave you advice thought she had the right way and and that's the beauty of remembering that remembering that experience when your mum gave you advice now there were pieces of advice that your parents gave you that were really useful and there were some that weren't so useful and we need to remember that, that Mm -hmm. not every bit of advice and experience that we have is going to be useful and relevant to our child. And I do think there's a difference between guidelines. You are the parent and you can give guidance.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: you need to be providing that guidance. In our book about the five emotional needs of everybody, including um, teenagers we look at security they need security so the parent needs to be giving the guidelines so and there's a different way of giving guidance to giving advice because advice is you should do and you need to do whereas guidelines work to uh, goals common goals and values that you uh Offer your child, which is different to you need to and you should, uh, because you need to and you should is be specific behaviours. Whereas we really want, if we've given the guidance around the values, the expectations that we have as parents, it comes with a that gives them a framework where they can choose their behaviours based on the framework given by the parents. So mm. I think language, if we're talking about no two brains are alike and we need to be speaking to the other person's brain, we need to be very mindful of the language you use. Mm -hmm. And if we go my guidance or my expectation, that language gives them some security to, to operate within and then they can choose how they how they behave within those guidelines, <laughs> and that—that's the key of parents. It's the that really strict upbringing that doesn't give them any choice, and they do as do as I tell you. And what happens if we're too strict and we're not giving them the opportunity to think and grow and make choices in that? Uh, we're risking rebellious teenagers. Mm. And then if you don't provide any guidance for them, because you are the adult and you have social norms and values as an as a person that you want your children to follow then that's the guidelines to operate from Mm. and that's the giving them the security that this is education is important that's one of your what you value Mm. Uh, it was one of my values it was one of my husband's values so education is important and then where what the child does with that guideline that's their choice. Mm. That. And that is the hard part. Mm. Of what are they going to do given education is important? Will they value the same as you? Mm. Yeah. And perhaps it's not education, because I know some of my children certainly didn't and don't value ed- education. However, they value learning, they value learning and growing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and accessing information and having their own experiences to learn and grow from Mm. but at the same time as parents we definitely valued education and gave those guidelines for them
1: you can give the guidelines across the board I feel that I give the guidelines across the board to all of my kids but yeah the language is different to each child about achieving those goals or how they we'll go about it and in discussions with them. It's a very different learners.
0: Exactly, which is different personality, different learners, different uh, different ways the brain has been wired mm. and you're adjusting your communi- communication to each of those mm. children. And I guess if we look at uh, the growth mindset idea is we're wanting each child to put in effort and be committed whatever it is they chose Mm -hmm. but there's there's the difference it is that the guidelines are we're encouraging you the child to put in effort and stay committed Mm. Uh, and encourage effort commitment is different to you
1: should and you need to you're giving advice and they're just sitting there quietly nodding but you really haven't checked in with them
0: absolutely so the brain hasn't engaged at all in the advice that you've given. Mm. It might be, and that's the part you don't know unless you've checked in. You could have given in your advice; could have given real pearls of wisdom that they've taken on board and are going to apply. That—that's <laughs> if you're very lucky that that could happen. However, <laughs> but and it's good to check in and see what are those pearls of wisdom, if anything when particularly busy parents and who could be busy distracted or stressed and the child comes with a challenge to you we believe it's quick to tell them what to do so we can all move on so and you and we go oh pat ourselves in the back that was great or not great but I did my role I gave advice and hope to god that you see behavioral change because of it well, you'd be very lucky if you, a child gave you a situation, you quickly gave um, advice, thinking it's pearls of wisdom, and they changed their behavior based on it. In terms of the brain, the more effort the brain uses to take on new ideas or come up with their own ideas, the more likely the child, the teenager, is, is motivated to change. So that's about the effort they put in to do their own thinking based on the dialogue, not the monologue, the dialogue that you have with them. So when they come with the challenge, get curious about what is the challenge, what is really challenging for them mm. in this situation they brought to you because mm. what is challenging for you based on your experience and your beliefs could be completely different to what's really challenging them. So it's, listen to the situation, get curious and ask questions about what's challenging, how do you feel, what are your thoughts about that, get Mm -hmm. that curiosity first, then see if they're coming up with their own pearls of wisdom as they talk to you about it, because Mm -hmm. you're being mindful, you're listening, and you're getting curious to help them make their own new connections about Mm -hmm. their situation. Sometimes we get so surprised at the quality of their thinking that we don't have suggestions. They can come up with better ideas than mm. we have. But of course, give them the suggestions at the end of that. And then say, ask them what are they going to do about it now, rather than mm. you need to do. Mm. Um, you can give a suggestion of how what they because it's your role as the parent to give the guidelines and give suggestions of what you would suggest they need to do and then check in to see how motivated and committed are they. To following through on your suggestion. Or have they come up with something else that's going to be really useful for them? Mm. So it's definitely a dialogue, it's definitely having the parents to be mindful, listen, get curious, and Mm. then perhaps there's some suggestions. Mm. By the time a child comes to being a teenager, you they really do know the guidelines from Mm -hmm. the parents because the guidelines have come from what the parents value and what's Mm -hmm. important to the parents
1: Mm. yeah
0: I know I'm making it sound really simple (laughs) Uh, (laughs) however whatever I give if you go some tweak I'll listen more when they're telling me their challenge Mm. because I had a, a child of mine a tween coming and he was bullied at school well I reacted to him being bullied and gave him advice, definitely. And what the advice from the school and from me was that he would withdraw from the playground so he wouldn't get bullied anymore. And every day I'd ask him about how did it go at lunchtime today. And I was focusing on the bully. So we really weren't empowering him to be in the playground and play with others and build his self esteem and his resilience. We withdrew and I put focused attention on the bullying instead of what is building his resilience up and empowering him to with his own qualities, his own characteristics, so he felt a bit more bulletproof when he was out in the playground and Mm -hmm. finding the people he could play with and he who he would enjoy.
1: When I got the call, I was triggered, parental fear kicked in, plus I was stressed and worried about all these other things. And then there's this brain over here really wanting to talk and like you can really see they're just two different brains and um mm. yeah to be really mindful of that because I guess in that situation you do want to come out with advice of what to do and like get this over and get it solved because you know I've got dinner on the table to get out and we've got soccer activities and we've got stuff to do so it's and that's all my perception and my reality and, yeah, just to stand back and think, oh, okay, I either have to be in the mindset to be able to listen to this or this isn't the right time to do it. As parents, when we are triggered, our parental fear kicks in and we're wanting to protect and we're wanting to guide and we're wanting to, um, you know, to make it better really quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> exactly. And when we have a look at that, we need to be mindful of, What's the learning and growth for our child and mm. what's the learning and growth for us as parents and for the relationship?
1: Mm. And when
0: you're talking about the brains, we've also got the brains of the uh, professionals at school and mm. their perception of it and what they want in terms mm. of what they value as a school and the behaviour that they're seeking. We Mm. like to think that the behaviour that they're thinking is uh, aligned to the values of the parents, different Mm. but aligned. Mm. And then to have a look at how are the adults in this situation aligning to Mm. support new behaviour. But what are we doing to support the teenager to do their own thinking and take responsibility for it Mm. and motivate it for new behaviour? Yeah. So it's a a fine balance and gives great outcomes when everybody's brain can work together Mm. to um, common goals common solutions Mm. the parents beliefs of teenagers Mm -hmm. the parents belief of their teenager Mm. whereas really to have this work well it's believing in their potential I think Mm -hmm. that's the key for parents or a key for parents with teenagers needing to believe in their potential that, mm. they're going, they're learning and growing, and they will be a high functioning, resilient, capable adult. And then, during, <laughs> even during the, the will they even, really? <laughs> even during uh teenage years, <coughs> see them as highly capable and mm. believe in them and listen with that in mind, not listen with your own when we're in a threat state, we have a narrow worldview, and we listen with that narrow worldview that brings in all our beliefs, mm. limiting beliefs, mm. <coughs> whereas to listen for their potential as they learn and grow and be surprised of what they're mm. capable of. Because otherwise if we are uh, wanting to give our advice because we're all knowing, we're the guru <laughs> as the adult, uh, we are coming from a perception of they don't know. Mm. and we've made an assumption they don't know whereas the curiosity is what do they know Mm. and there may be some uh, guidance and suggestions that they need to hear that will be useful for them Mm. however uh, be mindful of our mindset of they don't know and I'm all knowing Mm. instead of well what do they know Mm. and how can I add to what they already know It's really important for parents to look at what are the guidelines they're giving their children and what happens as they grow into teenagers and becoming adults, high functioning adults, those guidelines need to stretch and expand and be renegotiated Mm. along the way
1: Mm. till they
0: are totally independent of their parents' decision making for them. I mean, that's what happens in... corporate world when I'm coaching leaders the leaders are helping others make decisions Mm. and so parents role is to help your child to make independent decisions and when do you give them the opportunity to make those decisions Mm. with your guidance and Mm. that because eventually they don't have your guidance although I do get phone calls from my children often Possibly not for guidance anymore, but just to be heard, to be listened to. Yeah. Because they know that um, I see them as highly capable adults.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you found this of interest and want to dig a little bit deeper into our work, I highly recommend our ebook. It's called Unlocking the Five Secret Keys to Their Emotional Needs. Now neuroscience tells us that there are five emotional needs that underlie all human brains. And when one of those emotional needs hasn't been met or has been triggered, or perhaps we've unintentionally triggered it in someone else, we can find ourselves ending up in an argument or not understanding each other. Once you know what these keys are, then you can get to the underlying reason for the disgruntledness that's going on so for example one of my favorite keys that comes up a lot in our household is autonomy and as teenagers start to turn into independent thinkers and young adults autonomy becomes really important and it's really hard as parents to let go and allow them to make choices and because our parental fear kicks in but they're also wanting to grow up. So our book helps you navigate through those conversations in a way that you'll build connection and have a lot more understanding. So download the book today, it's called ConversationToolkit.com forward slash book and get it right now.